I told you I'd be back with a listener favorite, so here it is. The episode that I'm going to replay is one of my most popular episodes, and I want to play this as a way of celebrating 50 episodes on the Literacy Dive podcast. The listener favorite is going to be one that was way back in the beginning of time. Episode number two, the five components of a mini lesson. If you have not gone back into time and listened to it, this is one that you definitely want to listen to. And if you've already heard this one, it's going to be a great refresher to making sure that your mini lessons are the best possible. But remember, I said that it's episode two. I've come a long way since then, but the content is still valuable for you. So if I mention anything about my old branding, Miss P style, just know that I am now the Literacy Dive. And so this, my current information, is where you'll be able to find me. But I love Blast from the Past, and I'm so excited that episode two is about to play for you. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to episode two, where we are going to be diving in to the importance and power of a mini lesson. Now, one of my favorite parts of a reading or writing block is the mini lesson. There is so much importance that that part of the block holds. And so I just feel so passionate about it. And so I'm going to be talking about structuring a mini lesson, the importance of a mini lesson, and tips for helping you to implement it. So before we get started, I think it's important to just understand what is a mini lesson. A mini lesson is a short lesson. Keyword there is short. It has a narrow, clear, direct focus, and it provides instruction in a certain skill or a certain strategy or a concept or standard that students will then need to internalize and apply it into other parts of their learning. The mini lesson typically is the first part to how you would open up your reading workshop or writing workshop block. And it kind of serves as just an introductory piece of what your students can expect to learn. The reason I love mini lessons is because it is, uh, while we know them to be important for reading and writing, you can do mini lessons In social studies, science, or math, you can do a mini lesson in any part of your day. It is strictly the structure that makes a mini lesson a mini lesson. So what does a mini lesson look like? This is going to be done as a whole group instruction. It is going to be short, meaning that you are looking at roughly 10 minutes, give or take a few minutes. Definitely no longer than 15, only because you're going to be cutting into the time that your students will need in order to practice what you just taught them. 
Definitely remember that the reason a mini lesson is short is that there are going to be so many other opportunities where you are able to reinforce those same skills and strategies and concepts and standards that you are going over in whole group. So you really don't need to go longer than 10 to 15 minutes in your mini lesson because you're going to be talking about those same ideas in other parts of your block. When thinking about reading and writing mini lessons, you're also going to be bringing in different text, whether it's a book, whether it's a story, um, some type of passage, you're going to be bringing in that text, the mentor text or whatever it is that you're wanting to teach with, and you're going to use that to teach your objectives. A big question teachers have is, what do I teach in a mini lesson? And I know this because I used to have the same questions. What do I teach? How do I find the content that I need to teach my students? And the answer is simple. Anything that you are observing your students doing that you want to improve, you want to fix, or that you want them to begin doing is what you would want to teach in your mini lesson. Of course, you need to consider your state standards. If your district or school has a pacing guide, you definitely want to consider those different elements when you are planning your mini lessons. But ultimately, you are looking at what are your current students doing? What are their behaviors, whether it's reading or writing? And what are you noticing that they are doing that you're able to improve? That is how you're going to begin thinking about and building your mini lessons in order to get them from where they are now to where you want them to be. So the components of a mini lesson are pretty general, and this is why I love mini lessons. There is a structure for you to follow, and really all you have to do is plug and chug your information. Um, I love using plug and chug. I use it with my students where we plug in information and outcomes what you're trying to do. So with the mini lesson structure, there are five main parts and all you're responsible for doing is plugging in the certain skill or strategy that you're wanting to implement and then you're going out and you are executing it. Simple, right? So let's start with the structure of a mini lesson. You are going to start with a connection. Begin with your connection. This is going to take one to two minutes. Very, very brief. This is as simple as starting with, last week we tried blank. Or maybe you might say, yesterday we explored blank. Or you might even use blank, whatever child's name it is, had asked me blank, whatever question they asked you, and now you are going to go and finish the blank with what it is that you're going to teach them. The connection piece is huge. It is vital. It is critical. This is where the kids are able to make this this personal connection, and it brings relevance to what it is that you're wanting to teach them. And then it also just brings in buy-in where they're with you, they're tuned in, and they understand the purpose of what it is that you're about to teach them. So then you're going to move into your teaching point. Now this written down is about one minute. Honestly, it's probably less than a minute because your teaching point is going to be one specific, clear 
sentence that is directly to the point. If your principal came in and asked a student, what are you working on? They should be able to deliver that one sentence. And that is how clear your teaching point should be. Think about you when you're learning something. If you don't have a true understanding of what it is the person teaching you wants to teach you, you're kind of just sitting there, one, confused, or two, not actively engaged in what it is you're expecting me to do. Examples of this can be, today, I want to show you how readers can use context clues to solve unknown words. Or maybe your teaching point is, today, I'm going to show you how writers revise their rough drafts. Do you see how quick that was? It was way less than a minute, but it was very quick, very direct, and to the point. So don't make the teaching point more complicated than what it has to be. You want your students to have zero confusion on your expectation and what it is that they are supposed to be focusing on, and you want them to be able to communicate that back to you. And if they can communicate that back clearly, then you know your teaching point is clear and concise. Then you will move in to the modeling and the teaching of your objective. This portion will be roughly three to five minutes. And this is where you are going to pull the previous text or a previous passage or a previous written composition that you have already brought in front of your students, and you're going to use that piece of writing or that book to model and show what your teaching point looks like. Maybe you're going to stop at the sentence of the unknown word, and you are going to look at your anchor chart that showcases five or six different strategies that kids can use when they come to a word they don't know. And then you're going to model your thinking of which one of those strategies would make the best sense for this sentence. Then you're going to show how you are applying that strategy within that sentence and arriving at a definition or a synonym for that unknown word. You may also pull out a rough draft of a piece of writing. And as you're reading, you may bring attention to a place where It is best to maybe add or remove a sentence, or maybe you're looking at that basic word within that piece of writing, and you're using a strategy in order to help change that word, maybe using a thesaurus or another resource that you own. Then you want to head into the active engagement piece. This is important to give your students an opportunity to practice what they just saw you model. Depending on what the skill or strategy is that you are trying to show your students in reading or writing, it may be that you get to another quick example and you're having your students provide their input on how they could enhance or change that sentence or how they could solve that word, what strategy they would use in your next example. Or maybe it's getting to that example and then you allow your students about a minute to turn and talk and they can be able to activate that knowledge they just learned in order to try and apply that skill or strategy to your second example. So the key point here is making sure that you have a part 
in this lesson where your students can actively engage and try out that skill or strategy you just modeled for them. The final element in this entire mini lesson structure is the link. And this is going to be just one minute, again, maybe a sentence or two, where you are leaving them with your expectation. You are clearly telling them what it is that you want them to do. And oftentimes, this can be done by simply restating your teaching point. Again, This link component is going to help you to tie the content of your mini lesson back to your student's experience. This is a short statement, again, one or two sentences, that is going to bring closure to your mini lesson and will allow them to move on to the next step in your reading or your writing block. So for example, you may say something like this. From now on, Try using a context clue strategy when you get to an unknown word. Or maybe you may say, today and every day, it is important for writers to revise their drafts and make them sound better to their audiences. So why use a mini lesson? Well, I think we've already discussed how beneficial this part of your lesson is for your students. But in the big picture, Mini lessons are short, they are very quick, and they are very intentional. If you are thinking about not having enough time, well, if you keep your mini lesson to the very quick structure that it is, you will find that you'll have more time later for other parts of your reading and your writing blocks. Mini lessons help your students to get into a routine. They will know what to expect when they join you on the carpet or through your computer screen and when they're starting out this lesson. Many lessons can be used for any subject, not just for reading and writing. So if you find great success with the way that your students are following you for reading and writing mini lessons, you can absolutely structure your other subjects with mini lessons just like these. Mini lessons are designed to help your students grow as a reader and as a writer. And so you are going to see them grow because you're providing them with intentional, exclusive, explicit instruction connected to a skill or a strategy. And also, don't forget you are going to have plenty of opportunities to reinforce those different skills and strategies that you're teaching in your mini lesson and other parts of your literacy block. So you do not have to cram all of the teaching into your mini lesson, making it 30 minutes long. No, no, no. Only a quick 10 to 15 minute mini lesson And you're going to have several other opportunities to recycle and to spiral those skills into your day. I want to leave you with a few tips to consider. The first tip is to consider using a script. Now, trust me, I am a teacher who has a plan, but I oftentimes feel like a script will stunt my creativity and limit my teaching ability. However, because a mini lesson is so intentional and so quick, it would be helpful for you to already have your script so that you're not actually giving your students too much and taking them away from your explicit instruction that you're wanting them to try. 
Something else to consider is to use the same language or sentence starters or simple and clear words. This is going to be helpful for your students to be able to recall and familiarize themselves with that lingo that you're using. And then you don't have to really think about a whole lot of variety whenever you're trying to give those quick tips to your students. I would highly suggest that you use familiar text, whether you are doing a reading or a writing mini lesson, because if it is familiar, your students are not having to try and process what is happening in the text or what is happening in the story. They can solely focus on the skill that you're trying to teach them by way of using that text. If it is a new text, you could consider using that story or using that book for a read aloud in a previous day. And then that way, when you're ready to use it for your mini lesson, you can recall reading that book in read aloud as part of your connection. Going along with using those familiar texts, I would absolutely recycle and reuse. I use that term a lot. I am a fan of reusing, rereading, and recycling any text that my students are familiar with. This will help them to go deeper and you can be able to show different descriptions and different types of skills and strategies by way of a story that they already know. And so I am a fan of bringing out a past text, especially if it's something that you and your students already enjoy. Ultimately, it is really important to be fluid and flexible and be willing to adjust according to your students' needs. We all have an idea and a plan of how long we want to spend on a certain skill or strategy, but keep in mind that every class is different, and even though the class next door is ready to move on, if your students are not ready to move on, stick with that skill and strategy and give them more exposure, give them more practice, and ensure that they're ready to move on before you actually move on. This is a really hard one because we oftentimes feel like we're behind in general. And so if our students aren't catching on like we feel like they should, we start to panic. But when I can remember that it's about quality and not quantity, it really is worth it for me to provide more experiences, make sure they're comfortable before moving on. So being fluid and flexible and willing to adjust according to your students is probably one of the best things that you can do for yourself and for them. And with that, to end, just give your students time, time to learn the skills, time to apply the skills, and time to really internalize this new information and these new experiences that you are providing for them. They will catch on. It will not happen overnight. It may not even happen in a month. But with you providing them with these moments of explicit instruction, you're giving your students an opportunity to make this day the day that they learn that skill. So to recap, we discussed what a mini lesson is. We talked about how you can find the content to teach your mini lesson. We talked about the five main parts to a mini lesson, starting with a connection, going into a teaching point, having an opportunity for modeling and teaching to happen, having an active engagement piece, 
and then including a link for closure. We covered why mini lessons are so important and then some actionable steps and tips that you can take to make mini lessons a success for your students. All of these recaps are in the show notes for you, so be sure to check them out. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.